All right. Good morning. It's Monday and, you know, podcast time. Yay. Yay. Episode nine today. Episode nine. Yes. I was wondering, should we say like our names more often? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Okay, well. well it's like some people who are fancy podcasters be like, hi, welcome to the Recreating Culture podcast. I I'm Summer. I'm Jen. Like, uh, like whatever that is. <laughs> your radio voice is on point today. <laughs> but you know how like, they sound fancy every single time they say hello? Yeah. They just laugh and go. Hey, <laughs> we do do that. Episode nine. I don't know. I guess I'm assuming that people listen to us that don't actually know us, which may be a really big assumption. So we probably don't need to say we who have we maybe are. Two people <laughs> that don't know us and listen to us. That's true. Hey, That's whatever. So We're anyway, We're all right. Out. Well, talk about the people that we. Want to highlight this week? Yeah, I love that we're highlighting creatives in the community, and totally. I've been super encouraged. Like, yeah, just the response to that and people that we see and we notice. And so, the three people that stuck out to me this week, I just picked three. We're all women. Last week they were all men, but this week they're all women. Um, Which isn't it like Women Month? It is international. Is, inter- somebody posted something about that last week. It was like International Women's Day or something. Yeah, like that. I think that was last week. But I think this month is like in a. Are we bad women that we don't know when that day? I know. You posted, yeah, because you oh, yeah. were super well, thankful I did. about it. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I missed the boat on that. Well, I think that the whole month is like celebrating, like strong like, women us? or courageous women. Oh. I don't know. I walked into Nordstrom last night. And they had something about like a women, like a monthly women. Tag, this is going to sound really non-feminist, but do boys have a yay men month? Or is yeah, it's all the other months. <laughs> <laughs> you are awesome for saying that out loud. Yeah, it's all the other months. Okay, please. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it's funny. really funny. <sighs> okay, anyways. Women this oh, yeah. Week. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so Just funny. derailed us. Oh, you're awesome. Um, women this week that stood out to me. Um, I am in the process of overhauling my website, and there is a woman named Yessie, which is funny because I call my little sister Yessie, but this oh. is an actual, like, that's it's a cute name. name. Yeah, it's a cute name, but she was just... One, she's an incredible designer and she's an incredible mm. businesswoman, but she was super helpful and made sure I understood what I was That's doing, okay. like over the top, whatever that is. Like she was incredible at it. So that was Yessie. Um, and then Celise at Celise J Photo, and she's going to laugh because when she listens to it, she's like, why am I on your podcast? Because Celise, she lives very, thinking about holistic living and thinking about being an encouragement. Mm. She is just an encouragement. She's this young girl who sees life visually and looks to encourage and looks to be genuine with the people. And she's not like super in your face about it. She's just, is she local? She is. She's in Mesa, I oh, think. But okay. yeah, yeah. She's, and she, she works for, um, it's really, she has a really cool job. She's not only is she a normal photographer, but she works for GoDaddy providing like content photos for hmm. businesses and stuff. Like she's commissioned by GoDaddy to go for these businesses oh, nice. and like take pictures for people who need content yeah. pictures. And she's really good at it. That's great. So this lease. And fun. then, um, I, I don't know who runs Terza Mag, but it is a magazine for Christian women and for Christian business women, and they put consistent, encouraging biblical content out that nice. encourages me on the regular. And they, what's even cooler, they're not even just putting content out, they interact with you. Like if you make mm. a comment or ask for a prayer request, very much like we try to do on, yeah. on our, they, if they're a larger social media, whatever they are, but like they really care about the interaction with their people. Yeah, so I was really encouraged by all three of those people this week. That's great. Yeah. So we're talking about holistic living this week, <laughs> wrapping a, our heads around that. It's trying. Yeah, That's a big it, word. It is. I think this conversation stemmed out of trying to just find balance. And so before we get into it, we just had some thoughts that we wanted to share. Just to preface this conversation by saying that we totally understand that 
quote, life balance is a privilege. Mm -hmm. Like, I know it's thrown around a lot. Like, everybody just gets to balance out their life and that time and work is equal to all. And in reality, we know that it is totally not. I do believe that it is a privilege to be able to do creatively what I want and Mm -hmm. to be able to work part-time in a place that I love. And not everybody has the opportunity to do so. So with all sensitivity, I just want to acknowledge, well, we both want to just acknowledge the reality that the idea of balancing life is not the same for everyone. Completely. Well, we're both, like I know for me, I am in a season of life where I feel like I have the most freedom that I've had in a long time, and not everybody's in that season. I can very vividly, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, remember the season of young kids Mm -hmm. and just having to do certain things every day. Right early in careers and having to do a job that maybe isn't right i'm using the bunny finger balanced whatever that is and so we're coming at it from a lens of our own lenses and they're different and they're unique but like very much wanting to say at the forefront of this conversation we totally get that the idea of balanced living and the journey to get there is completely for the privilege like completely i from my own experience and we kind of hashed this out a little bit beforehand and we'll do it even more I went at this subject kind of way personal and way this is what mm-hmm. this is what my journey has been and so I kind of broke it up into three different seasons season of work there is no balance like in the very beginning of my career and being a worker person mm-hmm. you just put your head down and you work whether that's in being a young mommy or for I'm also thinking about when I was in a corporate office like yeah. you just work yep. and you grind it out so that was the first season. The second one um, that I feel like I'm just now coming out of is you can see the next season of mm-hmm. maybe a little bit more balance, but you're fearful of what that means and what it means to let go of or what it means sure. to cling to. So that's the second season. And then third season for me is a season of being more balanced, but kind of feeling like it's kind of decadent. It's mm-hmm. kind of like not everybody else gets that. Like I was having a conversation with mm-hmm my friend who's 22 totally different season of life and she's asking me questions and she's being encouraged by me but Mm. very much realizing the words that I'm saying of you don't get that you you have to go to a nine to five Mm -hmm. like you don't get to have a home office (laughs) like like, it's harder for you in the current season of your life I can clearly identify those three seasons as being fairly poignant in my life yeah I don't know what do you think Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, if you read any kind of financial advice, they always talk about like your 20s and 30s as being like the grunt season Mm -hmm. and then the 30s and 40s where you're really excelling and becoming more successful. And then the 50s, 60s is like where you're making the most money in your life. And then right before retirement, it's like you get to be an influence. We get to make more money in our 50s and 60s. That's what I'm hoping for. (laughs) I wish I would read more of that kind of stuff because I didn't like uh, yeah. I probably could look at that and be like oh yeah I can see that this yeah. is where my life so it kind of mirrors where we yeah. were just in a different endeavor totally I guess. Yeah. but I broke it up into seasons so the first season I think that I wanted a kind of bullet point was the the first season of working for work sakes where there's not a whole lot of artisticness there's not a I won't say there's not a lot of creativity based on what we've talked about yep. but there's not a lot of artisticness there's not a lot of room or time for um, pursuing extra you just have what you have and right. and that's you just work for work's sake yeah. for me that was young motherhood mm-hmm. and it was before young motherhood it was my early work career and mm-hmm. it was being in an office in a nine-to-five job and all that stuff so yeah I think for me it was the same it yeah. was like I just had a baby I was a young mom yeah I was just trying to figure out how to be a mom and how to work and yeah uh, eventually did you work when you had kids um, 
Yeah. Sort of. Yeah, I mean, I had just literally just turned 20 when I had Maddie, so I was really young. And I was working full-time, and my grandmother was taking care of her because we couldn't afford childcare. Um, but that just didn't last very long as she got bigger and squirmier and needier. Okay, and I wanted to be there. And so we made a huge sacrifice um, and faced all kinds of financial stress for me to be able to stay home with her. But looking back, you know, it was really hard, but I wouldn't, I mean, I wouldn't have traded that. And Ooh. then I really just kind of stayed home. I worked from home, so I did childcare for a long time. And I didn't know that. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, I was able to have you know, kids in my house that were really great. And I learned over the years that you don't actually have to babysit for everybody who comes knocking. So I learned how to manage a home business of doing daycare and having great families and friends for my kids and stuff like that. And then it really built in community for your kids. That's kind of really cool. It was really great. Yeah, it was really great. And then my, by the Reagan, my youngest, by the time she started school, my sister was working here at the church and she was just getting ready to have her first baby. What did Ashley do here? She worked in uh, children's oh, I did know with that. like Beth and Lorraine, yeah, and yeah. yeah. And so she was leaving and just joking. It was like, "Hey, maybe you can have my job." And I was like, "Oh, yeah, I never really thought about that." <laughs> so yeah, Justin joked that um, since we couldn't uh, keep Ashley, we'll do the next best thing and hire her sister. So you're welcome. Move with, <laughs> yeah, seriously, my mom toy is what. Yeah, totally. That's cool. So for anyway. me, like looking at the work for work say so it's kind of similar not as I didn't have a business the way that you did I I was a young mom who I struggled with being a mom like I struggled with staying home every day and having Mm -hmm. routine and looking at being a mom as a larger role like yeah like believer wise and realizing I'm helping form their character I am helping um refine them into into people hopefully yeah. that look to, to Jesus so I struggled like totally. I, don't, I, I don't know we if we all do yeah but like, I never thought those thoughts the fact that you were even thinking those thoughts makes me really the only reason I thought those thoughts is because <laughs> because at the time the only person that was around my family hadn't moved out yet I was looking at Tim and Suzanne Milan and oh, Suzanne sure. is like the epitome Very of taking captive parenting. moments with her small children and I was like I don't Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I like my kid. Like I, let, let alone like, how do I instill these moments in with my kid? Yep. So, I didn't have business with that. Before that, though, with my corporate job, I we moved out here when I was twenty one, and mm-hmm. so I had a corporate job from twenty one to twenty three, essentially. Um, yeah. And I hated it too because you sit in this cubicle. Oh yeah. And you Bet literally that. like, have you ever seen that movie Office Space? Uh-huh. Okay, where that that person's like, "Happy Monday, Happy Tuesday." There was this one girl, and I feel awful because I loathed her. Every <laughs> single time I'd come in, she'd be like, "Happy Monday," and she legit meant it. I literally was like, "Stop talking! Don't look like in my yeah. head." That's what I was thinking at this poor woman, and it was just, and I had to march into my cubicle, yep. and you had to be there, and you had to do stuff you could care less about. I just was. I think I don't know if I was talking about this or whatever, but I was just talking to Sean Warren the other day, and I was telling him I worked for, I think, a year at Chase Bank in their corporate office downtown in Tempe, and I was so bored that um, a lot of my job was 10-key. Um, and I really good at 10-key. Well, I got really good at 10-key on my left hand because I was so bored of doing it with my right hand. I should have done that. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, but that's, I can't even imagine trying to do yeah. it with my left hand. That's like piano. Like, it was really hard. <laughs> But I was like, whatever, I'm bored. So that That's did not hilarious. last long. But these learned skills. I mean, like yeah. it, looking back, you learn how to do 10 key really good, which makes you great administratively something yeah, somewhere. So, <laughs> but in those seasons, I yep. feel like if I had taken a step back and I had had somebody say, hey, 
think about these things when you're in this season, mm -hmm. I feel like maybe I wouldn't have failed as hard. Like I, I genuinely feel back and like look back and look like I had, I feel regret when mm -hmm. I look at certain parts of those seasons. Like I just could not see big picture. Yeah. I well, was stuck. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, yeah. and when you're in a really hard season, the only thing that sometimes keeps you going is the fact that you're going to have a new season soon that will hopefully be different or easier. Which is so good because, but then, but then, like for me, and it was so good that I couldn't leave, especially the mommy season, mm -hmm. because I ended up, and I, I wish I could go back and I could do it again because I enjoyed it so much. But like knowing that there was another season, had I had that knowledge, I think in that season, I would have. I would have had a bigger limits of like, well, I don't have to care that hard because the next thing's coming. Well, I don't have to care that so much about that because the next thing's coming. True. So for me, it really refined pieces of my mm -hmm. character because I couldn't see big picture enough that, oh, there's something coming. Right. This is it for the rest of my life. Right. I live in this cubicle or I live with these babies <laughs> yeah. and this is it. There's no potty training. There's no anything. This is it. This yeah. is what I live. So. But if I, had, if I had thought of these things, so I wrote down, what do you do in this season? Um, working for work's sake mm -hmm. season abiding in him and that is so churchy and that is so abiding in him mm -hmm. like whatever that mm -hmm. like where you flare your nostrils and you're so peaceful i wish that i had known that word i wish that i had i had i could have fingers around that word because abiding in him means i'm resting in him it means that i'm drawing strength from him it means that i'm trusting in him and i just i didn't i didn't I don't think in my faith I, I could see that he had absolute best for me. Sure. I, I, I don't think like it was just to chisel away at my character. And so right. if I had, I had, I rested more and I abided in him and the Holy spirit, I think I would have yeah. responded a little bit different. Yeah. I mean, it's true in any season of life. Mm -hmm. This doesn't come quick or naturally to know and trust. We just need as the palmist, palmist, palmist. <laughs> it's a new book. It's guys. a weird word when you look at it anyways. Yeah. Um, but as the psalmist says, you know, trust in the sea that the Lord is good. And yeah. unfortunately, trusting and seeing is not something that comes in a fire hose. It's over time. It's so true. That's something that, that needs to be a bumper. So trust in, what did you say? Trust in seeing doesn't come when you're in the fire hose. That's so true. Yeah. And yeah, it's fun. It's totally fundamental to being a believer. Forget what season of life you're in. If you're, if you're mm -hmm. trusting and seeing that the Lord is good, um, no matter if you have creative inclinations or not, like God is good and, sure. and believing in that. And the other thing, if in that season of life of working for work's sake in the beginning, if, if I had tuned my heart and I had bathed myself more in his word and his truth, I think I would have been more encouraged. But it's almost like when you're treading water and you're yeah. just so dragging yourself to get up in the morning that you just, you, you almost shelf the things that you know are mm -hmm. going to be incredibly good for you because you're just so tired of treading water. Like, yeah. it's ridiculous. And I feel like relationships are a really big part of that. Mm -hmm. When I had Maddie... Like I said, I was 20. I grew up with a friend. We met when we were five. We're still friends to this day. I like that. Um, and we had kind of lost track in high school, but she ended up getting pregnant really young too. And so her daughter and Maddie are a month apart. Mm -hmm. And God, just in his greatness and generosity towards both of us, ended up putting her in the neighborhood that was right next to my apartment. I love that. And so we're two... 20 21 year old moms with infants that are broke and you know it's like each of us only have one car and our husbands take it to work and so I just walk to her house and we hang out and I mean I we've talked so many times about those early years of like if we did not have each other 
I don't know what I would have done. All of my friends from high school were at, in college. They were not married. They were not having children. I couldn't, I mean, I could be friends with them, but like they were not understanding the struggles that I was having. And having just one person in the trenches with me was literally life-saving. It just reiterates community. Totally. And like, and even thinking of that, like, I had one friend at, at the corporate job, Catherine, and she wasn't a believer, but she was my friend, mm. and she hated the woman that said happy money as much as I did. But we would go on walks during the, mm. the, our lunch breaks, and she made me feel sane and like, no, there is life outside of this cubicle. Yeah. And then young momminess, like, you need those people. Totally I can't even imagine do. you being like a 20 nothing year old and needing a buddy to do that because you're still 20 nothing. Like, you have a kid, yeah. but you're still I a kid. I am still a kid. Yes. Yeah. And so having a buddy, and like, I had I had Rhonda and I had Tanya. Mm. There was two people that literally, are you saying no as many times as I'm saying right? no today? Please is tell this me normal? something that's like, yeah, Seriously. is this normal? Am I the worst mom? Have you ever done this? Yeah, literally. Like, I totally <laughs> do. Oh my kid, I'm so, yeah. It's so true, but having a friend that like yeah. can like shoulder with you and just kind of reassure you yeah. and like when you yeah because you know that they're going to be drowning the next day too. So oh, like gosh. being that friend to somebody is so important. It's so funny. I'm yeah. great. I'm having all these memories and thinking like I'm so glad I'm not there anymore. I know. And yet, we're speaking. I know there's some moms that are listening to us and they're in the totally. thick of it. Mm-hmm. But I think reminding them that there is another season that mm-hmm. is coming. I wish I had a friend that had said it doesn't last forever. And it's okay that it's hard. I didn't really appreciate that people would say like, I know it's hard, but just enjoy it. They grow up so quick. I I mean, I get what they're... It makes you want to throw up a little bit when people say that too in the middle of it. I get what they're saying and they are trying to be an encouragement. I needed somebody to say like, it is really hard and it's okay that you're struggling and it's okay that you feel like one day you're winning and the next three days you're not. I just needed somebody to affirm that my struggle was... A legitimate struggle, and it wasn't just because I was young and stupid and didn't know well, what I was doing. Well, it's almost wishy-washy when people are like, "Oh, it just goes fast," or "Oh, yeah, my kids were like that too." Isn't that funny? It's like it's not funny when you're in the middle of it. Like, it's yeah. just not, and it's hard, and you need someone to come alongside and say, "Yeah, you're not crazy. Yeah, it is hard. Mm-hmm. I am, I am agreeing with you, but also remind me of right. what, what God says. That's God's gonna give. Like I think we said last week about the deeper encouragement. Yeah. When you have biblical stuff with it, it just has weight to it. So for me, I I clung to Galatians 6 in the message. The, the message had just come out. I don't remember when the message came out, but I remember one, I don't know how you feel about the message and Eugene Peterson's version of the message, but like it was way more lyrical and way uh-huh. more um, yeah. not fluff, but whatever that is where it just kind of meets you I don't, it's like, to me, it's like a, an old school hymn versus a chorus of today. The, the message today is more like a chorus to me than than like the meat of a hymn. Like yeah. neither one of them is really bad or right more than the other one. But like I know the translation isn't a hundred percent like accurate, but it like encourages still. I don't know. I I like to read the message alongside like a traditional interpretation, yeah. and I'll, I'll argue that the message isn't actually the bible like i wouldn't memorize anything no, in the message I but i do that's exactly appreciate what I was trying to get. the yeah, way that you it because writes. it's encouraging but it isn't yeah. like god breathed what the actual translation what the greek was what the hebrew was right he's just the... trying to like help us to yes. understand which it's like a study aid yeah like so a commentary or maybe yeah so like the for the season of life where it was really really hard mm-hmm. and i felt like it was drowning and treading water there were certain things that i grabbed onto in the message that just yeah. was encouraging and so Galatians 6 1 through 10 if anybody has been in my small group that has listened to this podcast I lived this yeah. through the early years of young mominess and student ministries and it was just 
it took captive my heart and it and it absolutely encouraged me where I didn't feel like I had a ton of a ton of encouragement, mostly because of the last couple of verses as of uh, Galatians six one, nine and ten. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good, meaning being a mom, meaning instilling things in my kids, meaning serving in student ministries, mm-hmm. all of those things. At the right time, we will harvest a good crop if we don't give up or quit, because we think those thoughts all the time that I can't do this anymore. I gotta give up, mm-hmm. I gotta quit, this isn't for me. Right now, therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us to us in the community of faith. And so for me, that was my kids, it was my friends that I did life with, and I was trying to encourage them as I was. they were encouraging me. Mm-hmm. And so having that mindset of knowing that there was another season coming, that didn't come until like it was probably four or five and so like the hope started to come at that point and I needed someone to say that and he showed up in the message which was good that's great yep yeah finding balance is a never-ending process I mean we've been talking a lot about young motherhood days but Mm -hmm. whether or not you're just married or young family maybe you're single and you're older and single and didn't ever think you'd be here or you're becoming an empty nester like life is always changing and requiring some sort of balance Mm -hmm. So I think no matter the season, a pattern of life that brings flourishing is a constancy to being close with God. Seasons change. We feel unsettled or anxious and establishing an undercurrent of time with the Lord can help ease those moments, Mm. which is why I think I've mentioned it before, but I really love Psalm 1. Just this picture of this oak by this stream, uh, meditating on God's word, this picture of being just planted and then finding God's peace there because life is just going to constantly be chaotic and you have to, you have to. Thinking about our conversation earlier and I wasn't going to say anything. I was just going to let it slide (laughs) under the table, but the whole coronavirus stuff and just the anxiousness. I'm reading your words. I'm going, yes, this is the season of life that I'm in currently right now. Going to wash my hands and stay inside. Wash my hands, but also (laughs) establishing an undercurrent of time with the Lord. Honestly, if I am looking at it big picture the way God does, I, I have nothing to fear. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's, it, God already knew this was going to totally, happen. So totally, yeah. uh, Philippians four eight nine is a favorite verse of mine. Um, it reads, "Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things." And then here's the key to to this verse: whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice and the peace of God will be with you. That's cool. So it's think about all of these things as Jesus has seen and done things and then put them into practice. Don't just sit there and let them remain in your mind, but like go and do them and then the peace of God will be with you. I feel like we talked about that last week a little bit too about being consumers and taking things from people. But if all you're doing is taking like knowledge and wisdom from other mm. people, but you're not putting them into practice, right. I mean, you're not you're not living holistically at that point. Right. Totally. Yeah. I went on on under the season of working for work's sake of finding purpose, knowing that it's given by God. Had I looked at my cubicle as it was a season of life given by God, had I looked at my babies because Matt and I had, had on you're the same way, didn't anticipate having babies, did not plan that, did not do the hey we're trying thing, it just yeah. kind of showed up <laughs> and so if I had looked and found purpose knowing that this was for my good and this was a season that was given by God, I think I would have hmm. I think I would have responded a little bit differently. We've mentioned before Jordan Rayner is a guy that I follow who speaks a lot about how to integrate work um, holistically in yeah. your life and I'm thinking of the corporate job season of life especially he said this 
Work existed in this world before sin did. Work is not a result of the fall, but is a way for us to create wholeness where brokenness mm. now exists. So if I had looked at, at my job and my cubicle as a way for me to use skills that I had to create wholeness where brokenness mm. now existed, I have a big regret from that. Much as Catherine was my friend and she wasn't a believer, I never shared the gospel with her. Never said, hey, do you want to come to church with me? I was selfish in that friendship, and I took from that friendship um, what I needed, and I didn't necessarily look at her big picture-wise and been a better friend to her. So if I had looked at her as a way to create wholeness where brokenness existed, and it did. Like We were pretty transparent about the season. She was in a fairly abusive relationship, if I remember right, and I should have been a way better friend rather than just someone who you got through the day with. Like, Mm somebody who cared about her heart and I had seen purpose in that season, I think I would have taken captive more of that season. And I regret that I didn't, I regret that I didn't, I didn't say things that needed to be said and I didn't love more intentionally and love her more than I love myself in that season. I don't know, you're your head shaking Well, <laughs> I mean, part of me is going like, I think we've all had those relationships, but I also feel like you, you could have done and said things that you have no idea. True, and I pray that and I hope that. Yeah. I, I, I know that I was still me and I know that I was her friend. Yeah. But you know, like, I don't know, like even the whole abusive relationship stuff, I wish I had like, I don't know, valued her more. Mm-hmm. But I literally, I, I, and I know for my own self, maybe she got stuff out of it, but I treated her selfishly. I knew that she was somebody that I just wanted to spend time mm-hmm. with because it made me feel better about having to be in the cubicle. Yeah. And we were cubicle buddies. So I needed to be more intentional looking back on that. But I hope and I pray, like you said, that like she gleaned stuff. She knew that I was involved in student ministries and she knew that I moved out to Arizona for redemption yeah. East Valley at the time sometimes I mean I push on this a lot like especially in my small group when we talk about evangelism and sharing the gospel and mm-hmm. you know I firmly believe that you can do all that without inviting people to church and even without mentioning the name of Jesus which I know like strikes people and, and I don't, don't think like you need to track that, and I don't think you need that but even at that time I think moving out to Arizona and that time it was the first job like real nine-to-five corporate job that I had there was a part of me that I think was wrestling through my own faith. Sure. I didn't even want to talk about faith with her. Yeah. I didn't even, like, I was working it out myself. Like, is right. God really good? Right. Really? I'm in a desert, and I work in a cubicle. <laughs> like, is God this good? This is not great. <laughs> this is not yep. great. So, yep. but no, I, I hope and pray that, yeah, she gleans stuff even without um, continuing the things that I should have learned. Instead of my angst over not yet, like, I could see other people having jobs that they loved. Mm mommies like who killed the mommy game and like did the pinterest graphs with their (laughs) stuff and instilled all of that i think that uh, if i had peace more peace laying the timing of what's next at his feet during the in-between time i think that i would have i would have not failed as hard in that season tim keller did say a disciple is not just someone who has set a new priority on christ but has found a new identity in christ not someone who has just complied with god's will but whose entire identity had been reshaped and reforged. So then no matter the vacation or job of work, I find my identity and purpose in him. Very much like you said earlier, if I had had hope that there was another season, I didn't really always have hope Mm. that there was another season. So there's a part of me that had to learn, okay, I'm a naturally happy person. I'm a naturally uh, optimistic person. Mm -hmm. I had to refine that in the middle of the hard. Very much like Tim Keller said Mm. that 
if I had just complied with what God had said, I don't think I would have holistically learned everything that I learned in that season. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. When I look back on that and even like looking forward when trying to be more intentional of looking at every situation and every season that I'm in as a way of God shaping me and forming me, I didn't ever, I I didn't really ever hear anybody say that to me when I I was younger. Um, But knowing like, you know, working a job that you don't love or being at home and struggling with some like depression and, you know, caring for a baby and not really knowing how to do that really well or just Mm -hmm. trying to do it to the best of my ability. It developed a dependency on him, which I think is really good. But I wish I would have also felt like, no, this is God's forming me and my character. 100%. So I really wish I would have like, yeah, and, been told and that. Yeah, and that gives so much hope, too. Yeah. It's really that God is doing that, and he loves you, and he cares for you right. in every season. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, I wish totally. I had thought that, too. Yeah, passionate and religious people believe that their normal, everyday behaviors are charged with cosmic meaning, which mm. I didn't have that. This is what it looks like to be a passionate follower of Jesus in my everyday life. It gives the ordinary things I do everyday meaning against a cosmic storyline. That's so true. That's so good. If I would have really saw myself as part of like what God is doing in the world, what his, what his word is communicating to me about me and about the church and just... I just feel like I didn't ever get that. Yeah. I really don't feel like I even started understanding this idea of a cosmic storyline until just a few years ago, which has completely, you know, shifted many paradigms for me and formed me in many different ways. And so there's a little bit of like, gosh, I wish I would have known or heard this 20 years ago. So true. Well, and like you said, hindsight's 2020, but at mm-hmm. the same time, like, I think that fun, like for you and like the, the last couple of years, you have been you have been poured into. You have been given so much knowledge and so much truth, and you're you're receptive to it. I think again, all I could see in that in that work for work sake season that I failed at was what was right in front of me, and I was treading water so hard that I didn't think to lift my head and to listen. Sure. Maybe somebody was saying it, I wasn't listening. Yeah. I wasn't hearing it. So, yeah. I don't, when I talk to people, especially like maybe people that are newer believers or just really, I always remind them to not apologize for where God has them. I mean, if God wanted me to know that 20 years ago, he would have given it to me. It's true. And it makes you super useful for his kingdom right Right. now because you can look back and say, okay, this is, I need to speak to those people. There's a, uh, oddly enough, Mother Teresa, I don't quote very many things of her, but I love that she said this, be faithful in small things because it is in them that your strength lies. The small thing, that's in the quote, but the small mm. things are rarely little. They're the minutes that bind your day together, the quiet intimacies we exchange that give our relationships life. It's the slow climb up the mountain. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to pause there. I wrote this out, but the slow climb up the mountain, my mom would always say, when my mom moved out here, the kids were really little and she was super encouraging, but she's like, you're the type of person that is good at climbing the mountain. You're made to be strong and you're made to do that, but sometimes you need an overlook and you need to be able to mm. see how far you've come and how much you still need to go and it's okay to take a breather on that overlook so i love that phrase slow climb up a mountain it's the groundwork that must be laid before an exciting adventure can even begin we become so accustomed accustomed to instant Mm -hmm. gratification through a click of a button or a scroll double tap action good things purposeful things god things take time i didn't remember that lean into the getting there the unseen and the little things in between and be patient with the process if I had trusted in God's timing and his plan, I think I would have found a little bit more peace in that season. Sometimes the things that God has laid on our hearts, and sometimes it's small as a whisper, and so you really got to listen. Mm-hmm. 
and the season of life now where it's loud and redundant and I feel like these dreams that we've talked about together and like the season of life and now they just feel loud but regardless of whatever season it is those good things and the things that God has laid on our hearts take grit and time character and growth happen through the living each day out with purpose and open-handedness I just I needed to learn those things and so if you're listening learn from my faith somebody told is telling you this and trying to give you encouragement because I did not I did not live that season really really well moving on the second season and that's the thing season I feel like I'm coming out of is the season of feeling like God is moving but I'm fearful and I'm unsure of what steps to take next I've spoken oddly enough with three or four businesses the last six months and they're just starting out and they're super nervous to do anything anything wrong anything right just super yeah does God really want this from me kind of a thing so this was a different season a total shift from the the young mommy one and so something that I I feel like I was told either through relationships you and I towards the end of it but if I had figured out how to hear God's voice above all the others I think that it makes things a little bit easier and so for me and not to get heebie-jeebie and not to preach at people but like I feel like I'm just now getting to the point where the Holy Spirit's really really loud Mm -hmm. like I know how to tune my heart by quieting myself I know how to tune my heart by pulling away and going to veterans oasis I know how to listen to Tom Schrader podcasts and fill my mind with truth I know how to have conversations with you that kind of chisel away at what do you think about Mm -hmm. this and so figuring out how to hear God's voice above the others it's for me it's through his word it's through his people and it's through his spirit it is totally basic but like thinking of of being fearful of what the next season is that he's loudest when I hone into his word his people and his spirit and then being patient to listen which I suck at (laughs) I run over things because my brain goes so fast but listen and like slow down and listen right so yeah. Yep. This requires intentionality to be quiet and slow. And mm-hmm. I know I beat this drum a lot, but the way of the kingdom is upside down. It is low, slow, and hidden. You can't hear the spirit if you're never going to give him time and space to speak. And so mm-hmm. when you talk about like learning the discipline of quieting yourself and slowing and going to the park, I mean, I have to you're do creating space for the spirit. And I'm learning and it's really, really slow. But yep. like when people are like, how do you know what the next thing is? Well, how much time have you spent being quiet and right. and filling your mind with truth and, and being around right. people that are championing your character and yep. championing those things and then being quiet, physically quiet? Yeah. I mean, there's a general... I think like a general uh, will of God for his people and it's the way that he's called us to live as as exemplified by Jesus and um, and especially like in the gospels and then I think people want to know like what God is his like specific will for your life is and my personal opinion on that is if you're living in to the general will of what God has called you to do then you will be wise in your decisions for your specific will. I was forty percent agree with you. Like it's so true. It's not like a, thus saith the Lord. You're going to open a flower shop, right? Like, but if you're leaning into the generality of what God says, right. that is good. Yeah, then do it. Step. Yeah. That's part of faith. Which fear has no place. I I mm. think I Instagram not too long ago about fear being a liar. Fear is not from God. Fear is your yeah. insecurity. Fear is your not dependency on God. And so yeah. silencing that and li- leaning into His voice. Yeah, and then figuring out a lot of, like, me kind of wrestling through this season was figuring out how God has designed me and then go do that. 
I smile because Bob Goff said, mm. figure out what fills your joy and then go do lots of that. I love Bob Which Goff. is so basic, but like even early in Matt and I's marriage, he had an idea of how I was supposed to live and be as sure. far as being his wife and being the caretaker of his kids. He had no file for whatever creativity God put inside of yeah. me and whatever like filled my joy like yeah. that was just not a part of our relationship and so the last decade especially he is just God has changed his heart and he is a fan mm. of how God has designed me you can see that it is not typically like him it is not whatever cookie cutter he had yeah. signed up for initially and so and and seeing the good in how God designed me knowing that it's from him and yeah giving opportunities so like I feel like I've grown because Matt has grown mm -hmm. and our relationship has grown I don't know what it would be like if totally if expectations were different so again back to the privilege conversation I know I live in a very privileged, right. privileged ability to even explore that and, and figure out how God has designed me a yep. little bit it reminds me of that quote about marriage that men marry women thinking they'll never change and they do and women marry men thinking that they will change and they don't. That's so true. <laughs> Matt and I to a T. Oh yeah. my gosh, that is so true. Yeah. And I've heard that quote before. It's yeah. so accurate. So knowing knowing that like the privilege that I've had to explore that, the things to consider, and we've kind of caveated this a little bit with yeah. chasing creative dreams mm -hmm. and like how to be a good steward and balancing that. So the, there are four things that I that I think that you should consider in figuring out how God has designed you for your finances. It's not always going to be the deciding factor, but if, it's, if you're the main breadwinner, right. wisdom and discernment says figure out how to do what you were designed to do while being a good steward right. of what God has given you to steward. Um, I'm taking that FPU class, Dave mm -hmm. Ramsey class, That's and great. it's completely, I mean, he's so over the top. He's such mm -hmm. a character, but he's got a lot of wise things to totally. say. And so you, like he had this illustration last week, say you're called to the mission field. I want to go to Africa and I want to save all these African kids and I want to build a well for them and have water for them. But you have a hundred thousand dollars worth of debt from college that you've had before that you can't right. being a good steward of anything, <laughs> yeah. go to Africa and, and your passion is there. Your desires right. that God may have designed you to be that, but you've got to figure out how to be a good steward There's of your finances. Like in the yeah. Yep, totally. <laughs> Which made me laugh. So that was the first thing. Second thing was, is there a time to learn or get out of debt before you set out holistically with what you're passionate about? We kind of said that. And then is there, an, is there a way for you to apprentice? We kind of talked about this personally, about wanting to yeah. teach more and mentor more. Yep. But I think that if, I know that neither one of us necessarily chased being an apprentice or being mentored mm -hmm. by somebody specifically. We more, I more did it online and like yep. there were certain things that I learned online. But say God gives you this passion to to be a photographer for us, figure out how to apprentice while while getting out of debt and still doing but being like active in your pursuit of how God has designed right. you too. Yeah, I didn't when I first started um, taking photos it was like most people like I just wanted to do it for my kids and then yeah. I really liked it and then I think there was a point where I was like I think I actually want to pursue this as like a business because um, at the time I was still at home doing daycare and that window I felt like was really closing because you mm. know you can only be around kids for so long you can only love other I love people's kids, kids now but back then there was no way I, I hit my two and that was about I it. know well when it, it became very apparent to me when all of a sudden, like, just being with even my own kids was something that I, I didn't want to do, yeah. which is terrible to say, but mm. I was getting really worn out. Um, but it was a creative outlet that I, in high school, I had, like, 
kind of messed around with the camera a little bit. One of the first things I ever shot for somebody else was a soccer game. And um, so he gave you are a soccer player. I know. I know. So I was like, oh, this will be perfect. I'll know exactly how to like all of it. Yeah. So I'm behind the goalpost. The other team's like on a breakaway coming down and I'm there ready. And she shoots and I'm I don't know what I was trying to shoot, but I I don't even know what I was shooting. I didn't know anything about a camera. But you were going for it. I knew how to like zoom in and zoom out. That's all I knew. (laughs) And that ball was coming at me and I thought it was going to hit my face because I think I was like like, so zoomed in. I like fell over. (laughs) It was just so ridiculous. I just remember thinking like, I have no business doing this. I don't know what learn. I'm doing. <laughs> I can totally see yeah. you zoomed in. I was like, like so absolutely. scared. Yeah, that's hilarious. You know. So I think at whatever point in time where I wanted to like actually pursue it as a business, I I was really shy about, which is very much like me. Like I'm just very shy about asking for help because I don't like people to know that I don't know stuff. So I'll just go figure it out on my own. I mean, Emily was a huge component in learning and I teaching love your me. And, with that. That's um, cool. Well, and yeah, and just there's so many for me, like I didn't necessarily apprentice under anyone specific, but Google creative live was a huge part of my education and finding like, how do I do this as a business? How do I learn my camera better? Things like that. I would ask people there, you kind of get to know the voices of people that are very helpful. And so I would ask, you know, like reach out, like, I think I even emailed Melissa Jill a couple times and asked her things and she was very helpful and forthcoming. And I remember always thinking like, when I get to where I know some stuff, I'm totally going to be free with my knowledge because it was just really helpful and, you know, pay it forward and stuff. It's so true. So the yep. second thing is apprenticing and figuring out how to learn it while you're getting out of your finances. And then weigh out if your fear is holding you back or if you're being hmm. patient for God to lay out more of the path. I was talking about I don't about, know how you figure, I how you either, distinguish but that. I think you have friends. I really do. Yeah. And I think that even like you and Emily, I was talking to my friend who just started her business and she was so fearful. I can't do this. I can't do a business. Who am I to do a business? Yeah. You just need someone to come alongside and say, yeah, you can. You can do this. And you can have a friend. And it's not that big of a deal. It's not this life-altering, oh, my gosh, I'm going to be an instantaneous Mm -hmm. success at what I'm doing. Put one step in front of the other and have someone to kind of encourage you to do that. Yeah. That's kind of like us. Yeah, it is. It's a podcast. Should we do a podcast? I was like, "Uh, (laughs) we're doing it. (laughs) Yeah, we're doing it. And then we did it like, how do we do this? How do we do this? Okay. Just last week, we got two microphones. So we're (laughs) figuring it out but it's true are you are you is fear holding him back are you being patient for god only and he i feel like with us especially yeah. he is constantly only showing us maybe a step or two and yeah. that's about it so yeah. and being, i feel like when one of us is fearing feeling <laughs> fearful the other one's like nope we're doing it it's so true so which is good so we get far, to switch that back which and is forth a total god thing. <laughs> totally. and then uh the last episode eight i had said a cu- three things that were kind of helpful for me to figuring out passion versus should I be doing this mm. the first thing what am I passionate about and why to what gifts had God has God given me have they been validated by others I think of Emily and your relationship for that and three where do I have the greatest opportunity to love others and Those figuring out how God designed you yeah super practical stuff yep I was blown away as far as like our own story and again this is all my personal experience I am not anybody that has any footing to say any of this even our conversation when we first were doing like a book study and you would mm. talk about your love of the Old Testament and we had just started going through it in church through Exodus yeah. and then I follow Hannah Brencher who is a mm-hmm. writer who is super encouraging to me 
but she was talking about Exodus. But all three of those things were talking about Exodus, and I feel like God got really loud, especially in, in regards to this podcast and in letting go of my last role of student ministries yeah. and like being fearful. When you have the same thing converging on your yes, life from was, all these different... Yes, and it was all these voices yep. that were literally reiterating Exodus. And so she wrote this email to everybody that was random, but at the very end of it, yeah, it was God speaking, and, said, and it was she was talking about the Israelites, if they were looking back to Egypt, and they were saying, oh, it would have been better if we had just done that, if we just continued the norm and not stepped out, and not been not fearful. And then God says, do not be afraid, stand firm, and watch God do his work in you. And at the very end of her email, she said this, the rear view mirror is tempting, but you willingly walked away and you were sure that when you made that decision, nothing about the decision has changed, only the circumstances. Mm. That's when fear gets loud for me. Yeah. So stand firm in the decision you made and keep walking through the wilderness. You will get to the other side. You will experience the sweet after the bitter. You will understand one day why God pulls you from that relationship or that job or that perceived promise, and one day you will understand. But, but for this day, keep moving forward through the winter and through the mud. Don't be afraid. He's got you, and he knows where you are on the map. You're not lost, friend. You're finding your way. And it was so, so like, good. oh, like, I'm supposed to let go of student ministries. I'm supposed to pursue friendship with you mm. and dreams with you and ministry and just something different. Yeah. But I'm not lost. I'm just figuring it out. New seasons are scary, God, and they're I uncharted. I yeah. mean... I was talking to my oldest. She was just got, kind of going through some life stuff, and we were talking about comfort zones. And the funny thing about comfort zones is they're not always healthy, but they're comfortable, which yeah. is why we stay there. It's so true. And I think the Israelites that, would have gone back to Egypt because they yeah. were fat and sassy, being slaves. Yeah, like, yeah. like you. No, you are blinded by what, what your reality in so Egypt true. was, and not that we're all like running away from no. you know slavery or anything like that no but comfortable in this mm-hmm. thing well and then another thing if, if you like for me again online i don't apprentice from any one person and i i listen to a lot of things but yeah proverbs 31 ministries i only found proverbs 31 ministries because i took headshots of one of the chief financial people huh. whatever but I started like listening to their stuff at the exact same time that I was going through the Exodus <laughs> stuff. This first, which I never read the Old Testament. Like yeah. that's sheer from you God. Should. Anyways, it's so good. the First and Second Chronicles um, helped me see bravery and trusting in God's voice. So if you guys need something um, to kind of go through, if you're in the season of life of of almost but not yet, yeah, I, I like that study. I thought that was super helpful. Hmm. Yeah, great. and then to close out my thoughts on that. Um, I, do you do a word of the no. year? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, I knew you were answer I'm that. anti word of the year. I'm Why anti spirit animal. I'm. A, I'm oh my gosh! I know what your spirit animal, <laughs> so you don't get a choice in that. Your spirit animal is not chosen; it is given. So you already have one, regardless of if you want one or not. So I don't know that I believe in it. It's helpful for me because I'm yeah. a spaz, and like my there brain is literally like, like yeah. spider web thing. So it helps me yeah. kind of. I'm not against it for anybody else, but. I know a lot about myself and it's the same reason why I don't believe in dieting and I don't believe in new year's resolutions and I don't believe in words for the year because, because I'm a doer and I'm a firstborn and I'm a type A on some things. As soon as I set a standard for myself and I don't even remotely start to reach it, then I'm like, screw it. This is stupid anyway. That's so funny. My older (laughs) sister's like that too. Cool. I don't want it. That's fine. Yeah. Well, I like them, and maybe some people like them, but my words, <laughs> my words. I like that you like them. I do, and I know it's nerdy, but I, I'm just going to go for it. Yep, but anyway, my it. words for 2018 and 2019, so God has started whispering 
in 2017 were intention and focus. This was at the beginning mm. of the let go of ministry life for me and the shift into more of the unknown, mm. what does God have for me? So I, I didn't give these words to myself, maybe I did subconsciously, but intention and focus. Mm -hmm. And so it begs the question for me, um, <clears throat> what did God give me that he was asking me to focus on? And what was my intention for 2019 monthly, weekly, today gonna be? And what was he having me work towards? Some people have those answers to their questions like super, but I need to dwell and chew on them and like yeah. have God whisper a little bit more through different um, avenues. And so the clar finding clarity and finding progress um, hasn't come like in buckets until I feel like God has refined different pieces of my character, which mm. is coming to the end of this season. So again, back to privilege and different seasons for me. Yeah. I feel like I'm just now shifting into a season where growth is a steady drip and it's and it's growing and it's getting fuller and I can feel purpose and direction moving towards different character traits that God has given me. Yeah. Which is one of the outcomes is this totally. podcast and being I, obedient. Yeah. Well, I think that's kind of the whole part of like choosing those words and giving yeah. your life some intention and direction, which I'm not against that at all. No. I just know for me, like, I'm just, I know I'm not going to do it. Well, so. for me, like, for me, like the whole, the focus was one of the words was because I, it's that statement. I think we said again last week, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Right. And I wasn't focused on anything. Yep. And then being intentional about what does God genuinely want from me? What does he, what does he want me to put my hands and serve towards? Yeah. So totally. it was good for me. So what is balance? Yeah, is last balance season, possible? being in a balanced season. I feel like we're like yogis and we have to like sit and crisscross and For do sure. the fingers, whatever. Yep. Yeah. To me, balance, I know that we're made in the image of our creative God and we're called to steward well the resources, talents that we're given. We're to fulfill our calling in light of Christ's redemptive work, but still constrained by a world limited by brokenness and sin. Mm. Ultimately, each of our paths will be different because of our unique design. Unique design. Mm. I think that makes balance look different for each of us. We're each created with certain talents and called to use those talents to glorify God. But on the one hand, that means we're supposed to excel at something, and that's easy to accept. Like, I love being good at things, and that's cool. Right. But on the other hand, it means that we have limits. Again, you can do anything, but you can't do everything. Right. 1 Corinthians 7.17 says, Only let each person lead the life that the Lord has assigned to him and to which God... That's like, I'm going to do what's, what I'm going to do. Not like there's freedom to be mm -hmm. as pendulum as you can yeah. be. But like, I'm going to look differently than what your life is going right. to look different. So balance is going to look differently. We're designed to have limits. It also means that I probably won't be the best in the world. Maybe, but probably not. And definitely it's not going to be sustainable to right. be the best. Totally. That's okay too. God did, didn't promise that we would be the best in the world, but he did promise that we can be the best that he has created us to be. And that is fulfilling. And that's right. where you find balance, I think. So yep. I feel like maybe it was a little bit like tongue in cheek that I said, we're going to talk about balance. And mm -hmm. so balance for me isn't going to look, look like whoever right. listening to this. It's just going to look differently. Right. So, yep. Yeah, we're called to be part of one body, not the whole, mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of body metaphor in the Bible. And I think part of determining the balance of your life as it pertains to service and work, realizing that the entirety of your life is to be lived as a servant. You don't just serve here or serve there, but when you take on the life as a servant, it will help bring unity where you might feel like much of life is compartmentalized. Totally. So I think even just bringing balance, not even to like a daily schedule, but just like mental balance, as soon as I start like thinking of my life as a whole life and not just like 
this is when I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a mom and this is when I'm at work and this is when I'm a photographer. Like I can be all those things. And I, I mean, just like, honestly speaking, I'm really trying to figure out how to do all of those things together, even like down to my <laughs> stupid Instagram. Like I had started, so it's I have a love hate relationship with you. Oh I love listening to you work it out. So I have an Instagram that I started just for the business and I would always be like, do I want to post like personal stuff or not? Or maybe I'll do it every now and then. But all the voices are like, nope, you need to have an aesthetic. You should only post this. You shouldn't post that. There's all these parameters. So I'm trying to really play by the rules. Well, then as I like not really on Facebook anymore, I'm like, oh, maybe I'll just have like a my own one. So then I make my own one. I never post on it ever. I think I follow your normal no, one. No, because I just deleted it. And you did? so yes, because I'm like, this is stupid. And holistic. Yes. So then on Monday I wrote a post on Instagram about this like struggle with compartmentalizing my life and it's stupid. Why would I want to have two Instagrams when I can't even like I keep one? I didn't even see that post. It's because it got deleted. <laughs> because you big weenie. No, it's coming. It. Well, it's going to be Monday and I made a whole joke about Monday introductions aren't a thing, but it's not Friday and I didn't want to wait a week. But then somehow, I love how your brain thinks, and you literally are I'm like doing, still trying to play so by the rules, but not. I know <laughs> I it. it's ridiculous. So then I deleted it. I, I didn't mean to. It just mistakenly got deleted. And after I spent 45 minutes trying to keep, come up with 10 That's random so things about me, frustrating, yeah, which is also stupid and fun at the same time. But I love those. Yeah. So, so all that to say, right I, hopefully fan. tomorrow I'll just do it and I'll play by the Friday introduction rules, yeah, and I'll just say all these things i think people i think more people feel like that though and i think that like you being brave and putting that out there is really good who made the rules it's like i like literally what my non-box mind I know. thinks like who are you to tell me that i gotta have aesthetic who are you to tell me that i gotta have maybe my aesthetic is not having an aesthetic right that's the non-aesthetic okay people we just made it up that's the new rule <laughs> the new aesthetic is not aesthetic we just yes. declared it yep yeah it's true and that's messy but it's so true like yeah. Yeah. This also means that we're now free to pursue true excellence and the things that we're called to achieve. Maybe Instagram isn't going to be your true excellence. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but it requires us to be creative with our resources. When Paul says that he has learned to be content in every circumstance, Philippians 4.11, he says, <clears throat> not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation mm. I am to be content, which just blows my mind that he can say that. Yeah, which he learned it. Like, yeah, that's a because huge he, part of that. Yeah, he did learn it. But it's, it's because the source of his joy, his peace, and his contentment is found only in his relationship with God the Father, yeah. which is eternally constant regardless of the circumstances. God's call in his life leads and empowers him to live an active life of obedience, which is the great source of his happiness. Mm. And so no matter what you're doing, no matter brave or not brave, Instagram, God is the great source of your <laughs> happiness summer and you're going to learn to love which it. Which is probably why I struggle with Instagram because sometimes I really care and for the most part I don't. And, you know. I wonder what that means in our personalities. That I, I care and I, I can recognize this struggle, but I don't care as yeah. much. Mostly because maybe I think I'm talking to myself, and maybe that's vain. And like, no, I don't know what this shift helps. is. I think I overthink on which like, makes you good at a lot of things that to overthink. Well, I think, but it can be stifling, which is, seems to be the result. My older of that sister's the same way, too. Like, she will rethink all of her yeah. words, even our show notes. Like, I just word vomit, and then yeah, but you are very decisive and very careful about the words that you place, and so it's just a different, yeah, different way of emoting and probably thinking out loud, yeah. maybe. No, Maddie's buying me that shirt that says 
Hold on, let me overthink this for a minute. <laughs> it's going to be a good shirt for you. Yeah. I'm excited to see that. That's cute that she's getting it for you. Yeah. Hold on, let me overthink that. That's funny. Balance is not about what we do. It is, a, it is a relationship with Jesus, giving lordship to him. That's something that like I wanted to speak a little yeah. bit into, the idea of lordship. What are your thoughts on the, that when I say lordship? Well, when I think of the word lordship, I obviously think of the word lord. Mm-hmm. And I've heard it said many times, like, you know, Jesus is your savior and your Lord, which there's implications to both. And I do believe that you will worship something, you know, that great Bob Dylan line about you can serve the devil or you can serve Jesus, but you're going to serve someone. It's so true. Which is super true. So when I, when I hear the word Lord or Lordship, I feel like it's a submission to, or a coming under of the way that the Lord has designed humanity to live and to work. Yeah. And so if you say that Jesus is Lord, it's that you believe everything about him and that you also believe that you have a responsibility to reflect him to your neighbor and to live in the way that he has called his people to live. When I think of Lord, again, I'm super visual and I'm super weird that way, but I think of like medieval times Mm. and when you would like, my Lord, (laughs) whatever that is, but you are, you are putting your face down, you're putting your hand out and you are bowing yourself to that Lord. And so thinking holistically and thinking of balance, anything and everything that God puts in my hands, he gets the final say. Mm. I don't get the final say. If I truly believe that Jesus is Lord of my life, I am, I am not gripping anything so tightly to say mine and whatever that is. And so yeah, I just feel like lordship is a little bit lost. Like there's a hearer of the word. Yes, I agree that God speaks true in all of this life, but am I going to lay everything down, open my hand up and say, yep, you get the last say. Right. Like there's a there's an attitude shift. There's a mind shift yep. where that has action and weight and, and it has a response yep. instead of just thinking nice thoughts yep. about it. Which I think if you are living that way, it's a very intentional and slow 100%. way of living. Yeah. When Paul said that he learned to be content in any situation, mm. I was thinking of other verses, and I don't know why Matthew six thirty three popped in my head, but it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and mm-hmm. his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. In giving lordship to, to Jesus, it's not this fearful like he's, you're giving your life and your, and your say to somebody who doesn't have good for you, who right. doesn't have good intention for you. You are giving it to a, your lordship to a person who wants the very best for you and wants to see you fruitful and wants to see good for your life. Right. And so trusting in that and believing in that too. So, yeah. yeah. So I thought before maybe we end this conversation, it might be helpful to just speak about practical ways to bring balance to your life. So maybe I do this every now and then when I'm feeling, especially if the season is changing from busy to slow or vice versa, or it's like, my kids are now out of school and it's summer, you know, all of that kind of brings some disbalance. So measuring out your day and time and find out where you actually see or feel an imbalance, like too much time at work, not enough time with friends or family, you know, not getting away by yourself. I, I mean, whatever, however the list goes on, but really identifying it instead of just saying like, well, I just feel, I just feel kind of unbalanced. It's like, well, take 20 minutes and measure your day and see. Do you have seasons in life where you feel like that's, that's more like you're more aware of that? Like for me, October is whatever reason, hmm. like the fall hits, yeah. kids go to school, things shift, and I reevaluate and like kind of recalibrate at that point. Yeah. Yeah. 
yeah, my summers are usually spent living in the like, well, it's summer, I don't have to do anything. It's so true. Yeah. It's not, I'm not busy shooting because it's too hot. Yep. And we don't travel during the summer. We always travel in the spring and the uh, fall. So the summer ends up just being like, what do I want my life to look like come, yeah, yeah. come the fall? So yeah. I think yeah. I'm the same kind way. Of recalibration, yeah. yeah, I like that. Yeah. Uh, maybe you need to be better at keeping a calendar, scheduling intentional time from everything, so true. like date nights to prayer. Um, yeah, we um, we had a discussion in our small group about time and just being good stewards of our time. And we joke because we'll never read a book in our small group because everybody says they don't have time to do it and That's they funny. won't commit to it. So it's like we can't do anything outside of small group for small group. Yeah. And um, so we had this conversation about like, being intentional with your calendar and even praying like setting timers you know people are always like well I suck at praying I'm like well the best way to not suck at it is just do it so true like you can't just sit there and wait Again, for it to get better do it because it's right <laughs> because until yeah. it feels right and it's sometimes so true. yeah I you know the I've lived a lot of my Christian life w- just in this I don't even know like this weird phenomenon of I'm just going to wait until I feel it, right? God likes a joyful giver. Well, until I feel joyful, I'm not giving, you know? It's like, <laughs> that, is, that is such garbage. That is a mentality that comes in. It's so true. Yeah, no, you have to do some stuff. You just do. You gotta be, yeah, it's the faith without works is dead. Yeah. It's so true. So, and then lastly, let's not ignore praying about it. Like we, we spoke last week on prayer and how God cares about everything and all things and we're just so dismissive of prayer. I, re- I read something. It's how we're so passive and how we downplay prayer. Mm. And he kind of argued that, oh, yeah, you know, like just going before the Lord and creator of all the universe who sustains everything in the palm of his hand, you know, talking to him is just like, well, whatever. It's like whatever. When you say it out loud, what you're actually doing, like, right. yeah, it's whatever. Yeah. No, it's not. No, it's <laughs> a big deal. And he cares about your schedule and he cares about time with you. and. Yeah balance and I mean he cares about all those things so it's true well and, and to say too like I said the Tom Trader do it because it's right until it feels right the cool thing of just doing it right is it actually shows up and it does feel right it's not right. necessarily yeah it's a difference between being led by your head and not being led by your heart you yeah. know good conversation yeah. today it's good thanks for joining us see you next see you, week yep see you next week Sayas, what is Sayas. wrong with my You're mouth just today? Alabama. Sayas. <laughs> that is really funny.